Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. People talk about these life hacks. I mean, really what they're talking about is the 80-20 rule. Making the income stream that's the largest even larger, a lot of times is easier than trying to get the trickles going. If you go that path where you actually do take time to golf and vacation and do the things you actually like doing, it makes you so much better as a business person. Most people make the mistake of pursuing this goal of business and wealth at the expense of everything else. You know, I think that in order to develop discipline, you have to practice like pushing yourself to things you don't want to do. So what are the habits of highly successful content creators and entrepreneurs? What are some of the keys when it comes to productivity and time management to get everything done when it comes to actually making money, publishing videos, juggling family and life and all of the things? And what are the deeper principles needed so that we don't end up successful as content creators, but then eventually lose our soul in the process? I'm excited for this conversation with Ryan Pineda, which is going to be really a wide range of topics on some things like productivity and time management. But we're going to be exploring his book, The Wealthy Way, and learning a little bit about what he's doing with a mission uh, to help people not go broke trying to get rich. And so... Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. If people are just joining episode one, we talked all about content. You've gotten over 500 million views, probably a lot more by now, and 1.5 million followers. So definitely check that out in the Think Media podcast show notes as far as the past episode. But I'm excited in this episode to go, go a little bit more like inner game mindset, um, talk a little bit about your book. But let's start off with, first of all, who are you in just an even smaller nutshell? <laughs> and uh, how did this book come about, The Wealthy Way? Yeah, so the one-minute version of me, um, ex-pro baseball player turned entrepreneur. Um, I've got, like you said, lots of businesses. Um, most of them are doing seven, eight figures a year. You know, I do content creation, and I would say that takes up most of my time, making content, ironically. Um, the businesses are pretty self-sustaining without me, and I'm kind of the lead engine to them. Also have a wife who we're about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary together. You know, two kids with a third on the way. Um, and a guy who has a lot of different passions in life. And I think that's where the wealthy way comes from of not just being only focused on, you know, making money or growing my brand. And so if somebody asks you for an elevator pitch of what is the wealthy way, um, what is it? You know, I should have like something I've really thought out and like recited because I don't. <laughs> um, but basically, it's just a way of life that um, I believe everyone should live. And I believe that it leads to, you know, true happiness and purpose and fulfillment. Um, I think that there's a lot of people on social media teaching you know, things that I just don't agree with on, you know, whether it's hustle culture, whether it's, you know, life doesn't matter, nothing happens after this, whether it's, um, you know, you got to sacrifice all these things in order to, you know, reach your goals. Like, I don't necessarily agree with any of that. And so the wealthy way was a response um, to all of those negative things. You don't want to sacrifice your health. You don't want to sacrifice your kids. You don't want to sacrifice your family on the path to the world's definition of success. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because um, as entrepreneurs, right, most people start out becoming entrepreneurs broke. 
Uh, that's why they they fall into entrepreneurship. Very few are like super rich and then they just jump into entrepreneurs. And so, you know, being broke, it's tough. Like you have to scrap and grind and, and do all those things. But, you know, eventually if you do figure it out, you then have a new problem. You have this problem of, hey, well, now that I have money and some success, uh, I want more of it. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I want my businesses to grow and be better and bigger and everything else too. But most people make the mistake of, pursuing this goal of business and wealth and well their version of wealth um at the expense of everything else because you'll get a lot of people who tell you that's what has to be done for it to happen hey you want to hit a big goal you're not gonna be able to spend time with your kids like Mm -hmm. you know they'll, they'll understand when they get older right like you're gonna have to sacrifice now to hit that goal you know you'll have people who um they they don't have time to work out or eat properly because they, they're just busy working, right? And so their health deteriorates. And guess what? They make all this money and they can't even enjoy it. They can't even do anything, right? Or, you know, they, they lose their family. They lose their wife. They get divorced. Um, you know, faith is a huge element of the wealthy way. It's like, you know, as a Christian, um, faith should be my number one thing. And if I neglect that, you know, and I think about, man, how many hours a week do I spend with God and in worship? And then how many hours a week do I spend in business? And you start to really ask yourself that question. You're like, well, which one is a priority to me? And so it's really about reframing people on what's actually important in life and how you can actually have it all. You don't have to sacrifice any of these things. In fact, you can have all of those things and still have a wildly successful business. It sounds, it's an amazing vision, but for many of us, it probably sounds um, also kind of like overwhelming because we're like, yeah, that sounds amazing, but I'm I'm hustling, I'm struggling, I'm trying to get it all done. Uh, maybe not. My health's not going very good right now. My family's not going very good right now. So I want to get into some of the tactics you talk about really in regard to time management. You wrote a chapter that you don't get more time. We all have 24 hours in a day. One of the things that anyone who knows you knows is that you are incredibly effective with your time. And you bring up a couple powerful principles. The first is the Pareto principle, which an Italian economist noticed that 80% of the land in uh, Italy was owned by 20% of the population and then started to extrapolate this across like all industries that a lot of times what, 80% of the time we spend in our business only accounts for 20% of the revenue. Yep. Whereas 20% of our time in our business accounts for 80% of the revenue. And this goes into like roads driven on in a city. Yeah. 80, you know, 20% of traffic or 80% of traffic drives on 20% of the roads. And that makes sense. Those are the major highways, the back roads, there's a lot less traffic there. How has the Pareto principle been a key in your life? Yeah. You know, the first time I ever heard about this was, um, the four hour work week with Tim Ferriss. And I read that, oh man, probably when I was like 20 years old before I ever had a business or anything. But to me, it made sense. Um, I was like, man, yeah, you should just focus on the things that produce the best result for whatever it is you're trying to do, right? And I think you can apply that to all things in business and life, you know, in business, right? It's very easy to say, okay, for me, what's the best thing I can do currently in my business? Well, I can tell you my house living business exploded when I finally just decided, you know what? I'm not going to run around and manage projects anymore and go to these construction sites. I'm not going to list the properties anymore. That's just not a good use of my time and it takes forever. I'm going to focus all my time on just getting deals because that's what brings in the revenue. That's what I'm good at and I enjoy doing it. And so guess what? The moment I hired out a project manager and I hired out a listing agent and these other guys uh, was the moment we basically like 4 x because I focused on the thing I wanted to. 
right? So that was a business example. But, you know, in life, people talk about these life hacks. I mean, really what they're talking about is the 80-20 rule. They're like, hey, what are some things I can do that give me big results that aren't like that crazy to do, yeah. right? And so um, there's lots of people who have different life hacks, but, you know, like uh, a great book I read was Atomic Habits and it just talks about like your surroundings. And so like when I think about a life hack, I'm like, yeah, if I want to be healthier, just get rid of all of the snacks in my house. And like, that's a great way for me to, you know, not eat bad. And that's just like doing things like that affect you big time. Some of the questions that you wrote in here, and this of course can apply to us as content creators, business owners, you could apply it to every area of life, but you said, what are the most important projects for me now considering my values and goals? Mm -hmm. Which products account for the majority of my sales. And so we could also look, you know, maybe we have an online course we've created, we do affiliate marketing, maybe we have brand deals, maybe we have ad revenue, but which one is actually generating the most? And a lot of times if we double down on the income stream, making the income stream that's the largest even larger, a lot of times is easier than trying to get the trickles going more. Have you found that? Yeah. You know, we talked about this on the first podcast about AdSense and sponsors. And you're like, do you do any of that? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't I don't worry about it at all. Right. And I know you and I have had the conversation. You're like, dude, you could make seven figures a year from sponsors if like you really built it out and took it serious and all this, you know, even going back to it, it's like, yeah, we could, but it's going to take away from all this other stuff. And it would definitely be an 80 20 because we make more than $10 million. So it's like a million to 10 million is 10%. Yeah. Right. But it's going to take so much to build it out when we could just try and take, say, the 10 million to 20. That, that makes sense. And it would go to, to be clear, for some listening, though, their business model is ad revenue and yeah. brand deals. Because if you're a pure content creator, you don't have a flipping business, you yeah. don't have a coaching business. Nevertheless, you could still then uh, still figure out which of these income flows. Another question, I'm leveraging my strengths. Am I leveraging my strengths in what I'm doing or can this be delegated? You figure that out. Okay, it'd be better to have someone else list, better to have someone else manage. Do you still pick the deals out today? No. So I basically, I don't do anything yeah. in the house living business anymore. Got it. So you little by little have delegated and hired people in even areas of your strengths, I would argue, because you were good at that. So yeah. you've, you delegated weaknesses first, but then you've even delegated strengths. Yeah. I mean, because you start now looking at opportunity costs and like, what is the highest and best use of my time? And so as you get new skills and new opportunities, you got to really figure out, Hey, what, what's good for me. And like, for me at this point, I look at activities that have high leverage where like I can do them once and they just make me money a lot. Like create an online course, create a course, right? Record it once, but you can keep selling it, keep selling it, right? Create a new business. Um, you know, hire somebody like a key hire. Like I'm in charge of that sometimes. Like if I hire the right person once they're going to hire everyone else. And like, that's a huge return. Massive. Yeah. That's what, that's one of the probably most profound things that has impacted me in the last year was when you spoke at Grow Video Live and we were backstage and you said, I hire top down. Yeah. And so for those that are at that more advanced level, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, most people try to hire from the bottom up. And so if you have a business, you'll be like, oh, well, I need an admin. I need a sales guy. I need a marketing person. I need this person. And to me, that's the wrong approach because you're still the person running the company. You're still the one having to make these five hires. What I do before I start any company is I hire the top guy, the COO. And I'm like, hey, you know, I need to find this right person because I'm expecting them to hire all these other people for me. And I only want to talk to one person, right? Let me talk to that person mm -hmm. to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. How do you find 
top tier talent. It's tough, man. I mean, we could go into a whole podcast on hiring people, but you know, obviously just like anything, you got to market properly. So what pool are you marketing to? Are you just posting on LinkedIn and all that stuff? Are you posting on your own social? Are you getting referrals? Like how am I like getting the pool of talent? The next thing is, okay, how do I make them an offer that's, you know, worthy of their talent? right? Because top ta- top talent don't want to work for nothing, yeah. right? And top talent also wants to see growth. Like the naturally talented people are motivated for growth. And so I always want to- Performance-based compensation. Performance-based compensation, but also what can this lead to down the road, right? Like, is this going to be your only career with me or are there other things we can do together? Amazing. Um, one of the other questions you were asking, these were kind of all through the 80. 80- 20 framework a little bit. What time of day am I most productive? I'd probably say there's 20% of your day produces 80% of the productivity. Oh yeah. And then this one's a powerful question. What are the 20% of activities that are creating 80% of my distraction? What Mm. do you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, like for a lot of people, you might be on social media, you know, and maybe you do 10 different things a day, right? You're like, okay, you know, I, I go to work, I hang out with my kids, I I'm on social media, I'm, you know, doing X, Y, Z, right? And and when you really look at it, you're like, wow, like I get distracted the most from social media. I get distracted working at home with my kids. Yeah, that's a common thing. It's like, all right, well, you probably shouldn't work from home. Like go, go out to a Starbucks, go get an executive suites. All right, well, you know, you shouldn't be on social media if you just catch yourself there for two hours just scrolling. Yeah, so we're talking about, you know, habits of highly successful content creators. You start killing distractions, figuring out your peak productivity, starting to leverage your strengths, delegate your weakness, focus on the right products, the right projects. And I also like that you said, what activities in my personal life produce the most happiness? I know for me, there's not a lot of time when I sit down and reverse engineer my week and think, how could I structure my week to be happier? Mm. But there are certain times when I know that, uh, it's is a dark reference, but The Shining, where Jack Nicholson was writing, all work, no play makes Jack a sad boy, and then he murders <laughs> his family. So that's not, you don't want to push yourself that far. Like that was too far in the movie, yeah. The Shining. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is funny because lack of margin. If you have, if, if your calendar is void of the things that bring you happiness, I know when I start going to just kind of a more discouraged or depressed place, it's because I pack my calendar so full that I'm not running. Mm-hmm. out walking, getting fresh air, having margin to spend time with uh, my family, having just literally the word margin. Yeah. A little bit of margin goes a long way in terms of my happiness. So if I overcrowd my calendar, the joy gets sucked out of almost my entire calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talk about the concept of margin in the book and like, you know, at the end of the day, I 1000% agree. And that's, you know, uh, wealth is an acronym. So L stands for lifestyle. And that's exactly what we're talking about. The things that you just enjoy doing, right? They may not bring a financial return or anything, but like they bring you happiness and fulfillment. So like for me, you know, I golf a lot and it brings me fulfillment, right? I like to work out. I mean, that is health related, but I I just, it brings me fulfillment working out. You know, we just got back from the Dominican. I like to vacation a lot. It brings me fulfillment. And guess, here's my thing with the wealthy way and just compared to the, other method. I believe just based on my own growth that if you go that path where you actually do take time to golf and vacation and do the things you actually like doing, it makes you so much better as a business person 
I get inspired for new ideas when I'm on vacation. I meet people when I golf. I am relaxed. I'm not stressed. And then when I do show up to work, I'm ready to roll. Like I'm 100%. I'm crushing it. Whereas other people who just get stuck in Groundhog's Day, you know, they're working at 50%, you know, um, efficiency. And for some, it might be hard because some people might think they're not at a place that they've reached financial freedom and never the and the truth is the wealthy way. You you go into I skip past kind of like your get money now. Like you start a couch flipping. Yeah. Like you can find you start getting money, you start leveraging it, you start, but there are some people listening to this. And I can even relate to this. You also, you start having finances is not your biggest problem. That's not my biggest problem. My biggest problem actually is health. I'm trying to get my workout health game going. And I'm trying to look through a framework of realizing that a lot of what is happening in my life is self-inflicted. Yeah. Meaning, and there's entrepreneurs out there, you meet them all the time, right? Their Groundhog's Day is their own fault. They probably also can't fix it in 24 hours, but they could probably fix it in six to 12 months Mm -hmm. if they just started making different decisions, not prioritizing money, but prioritizing family, vacation, scheduling those things, being intentional to put different things on their calendar. You, You shared another one here that is a powerful time management principle, which is Parkinson's law. And there was a... um. It basically is, or you define it for me, but isn't it, isn't it the, however much time you schedule for work is it's going to fill it. So if you say, I'm going to, I have 40 hours for the project, it's going to take 40 hours. Yep. But if you say I have four hours for the project, it's going to take four hours. Yep. hundred percent. And I think that that law is more profound that many people don't know. I mean, a lot of people have heard of the 80, 20 rule, but very few have heard of Parkinson's law and it's true. I mean, the reason I'm able to accomplish a lot each week is because I say, hey, this is the only amount of time I have to do this, right? Most entrepreneurs, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I've got the whole day to get it done. And so it takes the whole day. Mm. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, no, I've got two hours to get this done and then I'm going to go golf. Yeah. And so I do get it done in two hours. It's good. And I still get to golf, right? And so, I mean, most people, like I say, when they say they work 70 hour weeks, they're not really working 70 hours. Very few are They're They might be working 30, 35. The other half is spent probably on social media, probably just being inefficient, probably just sitting there with like a dead stare at the wall, not doing anything like it. Nobody can focus for 70, 80 hours. Yeah. So Parkinson's law basically stops that from happening right? Because you just give yourself a deadline. Like we all do things like on a deadline. Uh, One example is, you know, back when you were in school, if you're a good student, like or a decent student, anytime you got a project or a homework, whatever it is, like you do it the night before. (laughs) That's what most people do. Right. Right. So if they tell you got a week, you're doing it, you know, day six. But if they tell you you got a pop quiz tomorrow, if you're a good student, you're going to do it that night. It's been something that we've always done and it's good. Like people operate better when their back's against the wall and they, they put pressure on themselves. Are you ready to start or grow your YouTube channel? Do you feel stuck and need help connecting the dots? Join this free web class where you'll learn the step-by-step playbook for YouTube success. We've helped thousands of purpose-driven entrepreneurs just like you grow their influence with video. Register today for this exclusive training at thinkmasterclass.com. Yeah, so having that deadline. And so the case study was Microsoft Japan in 2019 implemented a four-day work week. And so that's 20% less time for people to complete their work, but their productivity actually increased 
40%. And so constraints, having deadlines, people are actually more productive. You want to know what's another good example of that? And I, I've never heard anyone use this as a case study, but I mean, look at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not open on Sundays. Like they choose to be a six, you know, day yep. a week business. And I'm sure they have their own revenue goals and everything else that they want to hit. But they're dominating. But they get it done in six days. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful. It's a wealthy way principle, too, because they're truly actually honoring the Sabbath. Yep. So they're seeing God's supernatural power in their business because of it. That Sunday would be such a lucrative day for them. Oh, dude. I would go there after church. They would get everybody <laughs> after church. Yeah. So they also, they. I mean, obviously, they're aware that they're leaving money on the table. Yeah. I think that's a good principle that I can learn from too, because but I mean, my, but my philosophy is I don't think they're leaving money on the table. Yeah. I think by doing that, they're actually maximizing what they became. Sure. I think by doing it, not, you know, taking but they're leaving Sunday revenue out. They have to at least accept the fact that obviously yeah. the after church. Well, but but I guess it comes down to would they have gotten there? And which is what I'm saying. I think they maximize their outcome, taking, you know, God's blessing out of it. Okay. You know, like I think just for me, like I haven't worked weekends in years. Yeah. Right. So I'm leaving money on the table by not working weekends. I could totally be filming videos and closing deals and whatever. Right. So I leave money on the table. But guess what? I think if I were to just take that lifestyle for five years, you know, take take me back five years mm-hmm. and, you know, you you reverse. You know what happened? Not working weekends. What yeah. would have happened had I worked weekends hmm. and burnt out? Yeah. And gone through all these ups and downs. Yeah. And maybe maybe even there was short term, maybe more money, but who even knows? The I, other- I, I just, I would bet I'm, I'm not where I'm at today. Total- I, I would think I'm in a lesser place. Wow. That's, that's a powerful insight. Question for you. Do you, does your team work five days a week? Yeah. Our office isn't open on the weekends. Not on the weekends, but why don't you do... Uh, Microsoft Japan's four-day work. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest, I do the four-day work week right now because I golf every Friday. Yeah. From what I've been seeing, I think they're kind of transitioning to the four-day work week because like they'll be having like lunch parties and stuff <laughs> every Friday. Like I'm never involved. And then like uh, the the Fridays I have gone there, I'm like, dude, where's everyone at? Sure. <laughs> like I, I'm starting to think they think Fridays are optional too. Okay. But no, I mean, truthfully, and, and this is the truth of the matter, even with the wealthy way and everything is like, you know, what is work? work, right? Like work is a hard thing to describe. For me, like what I consider work is like when I have to be at some place at some time to do some thing, you know, right now I got to film and then I got to go back and Mm -hmm. I got to do this. So like that, that's how I define work um, for business. Now, am I always thinking about business and new ideas and everything like outside of work? Yeah. Like my mind is always going and racing. For the entrepreneur, it's a good point. Like you doing golf is huge. Your your brain's untangling things. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about things. And so like I am working and you know, that's hard for the listener. Yeah. Seven people just got offended. Yeah. They're They're like, Oh, Ryan's working on the golf course, but for the entrepreneur founder starter. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You're, you're brainstorming. That's why I'm, I'm a big proponent of vacations because it gives you time away from the business to think about the business. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, and, and do I text my employees and stuff and do some of them work on the weekends on their own time? Sure. They can, everyone can do whatever they want. Like you basically, I make everyone live by Parkinson's law. That's basically what I do. I'm like, look, you don't have to come in on the weekend, but this is what you need to get done. Yeah. And if you don't get it done, then you figure it out on your own time. Outputs. Yeah. We're trying to do that. You know, a lot of our team is remote. 
only a small percentage now is in Vegas. Everybody else is remote. We split our time between Seattle and Vegas now. So even we aren't going to be championing the local culture. So we've accepted, I think, media that you have a lot of people here. You know, when we went to Miami to tour PBD's place, everybody moves to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Like, everyone's in-house. Everyone's there. And, you know, I was tooling through things in my own brain, but realized based on family and our values of getting our kids around their parents in Seattle, we're like, okay, we're going to be more remote. And I know for many people listening, that is really the model, especially because some, a small percentage may have some kind of a local thing, but chances are VAs, even overseas, people you're working with, you got to figure out time management and people management remote. Outputs is a key that you got to measure on. Mm -hmm. Yes, potentially time and time tracking, but at the end of the day, isn't it about I pay you to accomplish a certain uh, a certain task? Yeah, is that accomplished task accomplished or not? Right. And so, really powerful. So we've we've been talking about habits of highly successful content creators. Really, this time management piece, Pareto's principle. That's the eighty twenty rule, Parkinson's law, and really just some powerful questions people can ask to get control of their schedule to ultimately be more disciplined and to be more effective when it comes to content creation. And I highly recommend, of course, checking out the book. We'll link it up in the show notes. 99 Um, cents. 99 cents. And over 700 positive reviews. Uh, It's cool to see congratulations on launching the book. I know you got another one in the works, but I definitely uh, recommend uh, people check it out. I want to ask you this. So you're outspoken as a Christian in business. Um, Has there been any pushback since you've been being outspoken about your faith? Maybe from the algorithms, maybe not getting as many views on certain things, um, which is fine. I don't really care. But no, I think it's been overwhelming, very positive. I think at the end of the day, uh, no matter what your business is, right? Um, we, we're going to provide a service of, you know, I have a tax firm, I have house hooping, I have, you know, media, like we're going to provide you a service. But no, there's other people who provide that same service, right? So at the end of the day, most people are going to work with you based on, you know, values and can they relate to you? And so, you know, if you ever looked at our coaching programs, we have a lot of Christians and a lot of them say, they're like, look, the only reason I chose you over this is because of the yeah. faith element. So do you lose people? Sure. But it goes back to, you know, which option ends up being better in five years, you know, yeah. and and that's taking, you know, it, it, even if financially it wasn't the right choice, spiritually, you know, it was. And so there will be, you know, some riches in heaven to, to pay way more than that. What advice do you have for Christian business owners and content creators? And of course, a listener, no matter what their faith background could be applying this advice to their core values and their beliefs. But what specific advice do you have for Christian business owners and content creators? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right, um, your morals should resonate through the company. You know, like we have our four core values and they're really Christian-based. You know, uh, core value number one is serve others. That's Christian-based. Core value number two is train daily, like get better every day, try to grow. Um, Core value number three is play fair, have integrity, right? Core value number four uh, four is no ego, right? Don't have pride. Like, you know, so even though not everyone who works for us is Christian, um, they got to have Christian values. Yeah. And, you know, if they don't, they can't work for us. It is what it is. Right. And so um, I think make sure that your values permeate through your company, but also you need to be the best example of those values because nobody's following you. If you say, Hey, follow these things, and then you don't do them. What routines support your personal productivity? You know, I'm a big proponent of morning routine. Uh, we talk about that in the book as well. I've been doing a morning routine for about seven years now. 
and it's adjusted as time has gone on. But I mean, currently my morning routine is I wake up at five o'clock. I jump in the shower. Get what ready. time do you go to bed? Uh, usually around 10, 10, okay. 11. Bed, so, bed at 10. You wake up at five. Here's the morning routine. Yep. So then, you know, from yeah. about 530 to 630, I'm going to spend my time with God because if I'm going to say that faith is the most important thing to me, then I should probably do it the first thing I do. Kids and wife are still asleep. Yeah, everyone's asleep. Um, so from, you know, 530, 630, that's what I do. 630, 730, I go to the gym. I get a gym in my house now. So walk downstairs, crank it out for an hour. Then 730, I have options. <laughs> like basically my morning routine is done. I've been trying to get better at golf, like I've been saying. So I'll usually go practice golf for like an hour. And so maybe it's at the course or whatever, or get that done. And then, you know, that's like 830 and then... I go get ready and head to the office around nine to 10 sometime. And then roll through basically more or less a nine to five schedule four uh, days yeah. a week because Friday's then going to yep. be your proper 18 holes. My proper 18 holes. I got to get at least one 18 holes a week. But yeah, that that that's basically how every morning is like that. Um, but, you know, with business and everything else, uh, it, it all fluctuates. As a younger entrepreneur, when you're, was there something that you did that, hurt your productivity that you've given up in the last five to 10 years or something that hurt my productivity. Yeah. Like you no longer do in regards to maybe how you spend your time or your energy or your schedule or just anything. Cause it seems like today you're at like a near perfect level of discipline <laughs> of efficiency. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it's, and I mean, I like with empathy for the listener too, like it is, it is fun. like someone like you, I, the message I'm trying to get across is like your life was built. It didn't just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I mean, as an athlete, professional baseball and all that, like you don't get there without a level of discipline and whatnot. So that seems, you know, we could, we don't have time to go into like your childhood or whatever, but I'm just wondering if there's been lessons specifically where like, yeah, when I gave that up or something that changed in my diet or something that like, just as I've made adjustments, I've. Well, you know, like, like right now I'm in the middle of a five day fast and so that's water only. I used to never fast. Yeah. And that's like a new thing for me within the last year and a half. And I mean, that's been life changing doing that. And, you know, obviously fasting takes incredible amounts of discipline. And, you know, I think that in order to develop discipline, you have to practice like pushing yourself to things you don't want to do. Right. So it's like, I'll switch up my schedule and be like, you know what? I'm going to start waking up at four just because, you know, for no reason other than I need to test myself and push myself further. I'll, I'll get a new strength coach. I'll go in, try a new diet. I try new diets all the time, just mm. like to switch it up, um, and experience new things. So I think you, you got to get out of your comfort zone. That's number one. I think, the second thing that really propelled me was I stopped um, wasting time on like things that weren't doing anything for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it might be easy to say like now, like, oh, you, well, you golf and you do all this other stuff. But like when I look at like the game of golf and what it does for me, I'm like, all right, well, I golf with, you know, business people and we we do deals on the course. I get exercise out of it and I stay active now that I don't play baseball. I got to like compete in something to fill that urge in me to compete, you know, pickleballs becoming a, com a competition yeah. thing now, but like golf has all these benefits. So I'm like, it is doing a lot for me. I'm not just like wasting totally. time. Right. Um, whereas, okay. For a lot of people, social media, you know, you're just sitting there for like two hours, just scrolling, doing not like that's not doing anything for you. Right. Um, 
you know, if you're just watching Netflix and stuff, I got nothing against Netflix. Like I'll watch it, you know, occasionally with my wife and stuff, but like, you know, there are people who are obsessed with it. Like, yeah, you're not really a show guy. Yeah. You don't watch much. Like one thing I really gave up too was watching sports. Like I used to watch every Lakers game. I used to watch a lot of time. Yeah. Every Packers game, you know, now the Raiders people are like, dude, are you going to get season tickets to the Knights to the Raiders? You know, the A's are coming to town. Are you going to get season tickets? Yeah. I'm like, bro, I don't have time to watch all these games. Like, <laughs> dang, I'm, I'm busy hoping, like doing stuff. I was hoping you're, you were going to get like box seats or something so you could start no. taking your team and, and invite Think Media. No, no. But, you know, I will we'll get we'll go to a, a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't need uh, season tickets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for real. That, that's true. Because then, then you have to serve the tickets. Do the tickets serve you or do you serve the tickets because you're constantly there? That's uh, Those are powerful. Do you have um, a life Bible verse or a favorite Bible character? Man, there's a lot of great characters in, in verses and everything too. Um, I think Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is amazing. You know, um, What's it say? Man, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, it's you know, let God direct your path, you know, man, now, now you're, you're getting me on the spot, but transcends all understanding. Uh, trust in the Lord with all, all your heart, heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and, and he will make, make your, your path, path straight. straight. Exactly. You know, that's really good. Uh, especially for us as entrepreneurs where we want to make our own paths and it's like, no, nah, I think we should probably just let, you know, God make our paths. How about know? a character that you really resonate with? Um, character. I really like Paul's life. You know, my son is named James Paul. So, you know, we love the book of James um, and then just watching what Paul did mm-hmm. um, was pretty incredible. So, you know, to, to see a guy who was like literally uh, persecuting Christians to come to faith and then write the majority of the New Testament, you're like, wow, this is crazy. But, you know, like a, a verse that's been really sticking with me lately um, is in Matthew. And, you know, it says that let your light shine before others so that they may glorify your father in heaven. As I've grown in influence in social media, I've really started to think about that of like, man, you know, how do I like let my light shine more and really show people like how great God is? Yeah. And, you know, before I used to be like, oh, well, and this was before social media. I'm like, dude, I don't want to like brag and like be out there and all the stuff. But it's like, man you can really inspire people and bring people to Jesus if they just hear your message yeah. and hear how great, you know, he's made your life. Yeah. Like you should be shouting that everywhere. Yeah. You know, think about the Bible. Like the Bible is content that these guys are sharing how great their lives are after meeting Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, why am I not doing that? Yeah, I think I think too, we all have different levels of skills and talents and abilities and influence and gifts of the way that God has gifted us. And I, I think there's no doubt that some, I know Christians can get kind of judgy mm-hmm. and they could be kind of judgy about your style because you're a very successful businessman, yeah. you're a very successful entrepreneur. But for my take, you also are able to influence people that a lot of other people aren't able to influence. Mm-hmm. And you're at just we all have different spheres of society and uh, your from your sphere of society, I, I mean, that's just to even acknowledge that and acknowledge you, that at the end of the day, from your platform, you're giving glory to God. You're an unashamed uh, follower of Jesus and you're incredibly effective at business and content and social media. So you're, you are letting your light shine uh, that people would pl- praise their father in heaven. And um, I think, I mean, bottom line, I think that sometimes though, it can make people insecure. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when they when they see somebody with a level of success like yours, mm-hmm. when hopefully you even talk about envy in the book, when hopefully it's like it's way more about collaboration and, uh, you know, the ability to learn from, you know, others and uh, and promote diversity of expression in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. As we land the plane, I want to just hear a little bit of vi- vision about this wealthy kingdom project you have. Of course, the book is out. We'll link all this stuff up in the show notes. But I specifically, you could tell us a little bit about it, but you have a vision for people to start, specifically entrepreneurs, to start their own Bible studies. Mm-hmm. So after an episode like this, you know, for some, they could take away some of the time management and productivity habits. We definitely have a lot of Christians in our community. And so if you made it this far in the podcast, this specific thing would be cool. They could be a part of your thing, or they could just take action. Talk a little bit about the vision of this project called The Wealthy Kingdom. The book's The Wealthy Way. You have like The Wealthy Investor, The mm-hmm. Wealthy Creator, yep, yep. all these different projects. But uh, what is the vision with this and what are you hoping to see with these Bible studies? Yeah. So, you know, I've had a Bible study for the last five years that I've hosted out of my home and at my office and a lot of my employees go and, you know, different entrepreneurs go. And I mean, you've been there, you've seen it. Like we've had so many people have their lives changed, like marriages restored, people giving their life to Christ, um, so many great things from it. And I just never realized that it was kind of unique what we had or have. Um, There's just not a lot of places like that, especially locally, right? And God put it on my heart, um, man, towards the end of last year, he's like, dude, you need to do this everywhere. And I was like, oh man, okay. (laughs) Like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll, we'll figure it out. And, you know, just the ideas and everything started to form. And, you know, sure enough, we just launched it actually today, May 1st, um, Wealthy Kingdom. And, you know, uh, it, it's going to be my most fulfilling thing that I do. I don't know that it makes any sense financially, but it's like, I'm going to give it everything I've got to grow it. And so basically what it is, is, um, a community for Christian entrepreneurs. So, you know, worldwide, we have people already in different parts of the world who are in it. And, you know, we do calls every week, um, virtually that people can attend, we're going to be running um, retreats, you know, men's retreats, women's retreats, couples retreats, you know, big events, uh, mission trips, all these things. Um, but, you know, one of the things I'm most excited about is we're going to launch local Bible studies nationwide and worldwide, I guess, that anyone can partake in. And so we're really trying to build leaders in Wealthy Kingdom who are willing to go out and start their own Bible studies um, in their local areas. And just bring people in, other entrepreneurs and um, business people. And we're going to give them the curriculum, the training and everything. So everyone nationwide will be on the same, you know, curriculum for that, you know, four to eight week period. And um, I think that we're going to change communities locally. I think we're going to get a lot of people who um, maybe aren't into church, you know, and so Maybe they fell away from church, they got church hurt, or they've never been to church and it's intimidating, but they'll definitely come to this. And then I think coming to this will get them back into church. Totally. So I'm excited for it. And I love the vision. And you know, this, The Wealthy Way, it kind of reminds me of one of my favorite verses in I think 3 John, the third book of John, right? Where it says, uh, Beloved, I pray that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Your definition of wealth, I would think, is a lot bigger than money. Mm-hmm. This idea of the impact you make in your life, marriage, family, kids, uh, health, 
and uh, man, it's just incredibly inspiring what you're doing and just want to acknowledge you and thank you for pouring into our community and uh, encourage, of course, listeners to check out the show notes uh, with all the resources, but also to, you know, question of the day, what has this inspired you to do next? You know, do you, should you be launching a Bible study? How can you dial in your calendar? But how can you even maybe take the content that you're creating to a level deeper level of purpose? Um, super inspired by how you've been doing that, Ryan. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate you, man, and all you're doing.